1: And And this this is is how we win.
2: Thanks to Rothy's for supporting Mueller, she wrote. Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. They're stylish and versatile, and they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. So get yourself a pair today with free shipping at rothys.com. And thanks to Honey for supporting Muller, she wrote. Giving holiday gifts is great. Overspending is definitely not. Why spend more than you have to? Honey makes finding the lowest price easy. Honey finds the best deals online. It's free and easy to use. Shop with confidence at joinhoney.com ag. And thanks to Beta Brand for supporting Muller, she wrote. Beta Brand has the pants to match your style. They have boot cut, straight legs, skinny cropped, premium denim, six button and wide leg pants in dozens of colors, patterns and cuts. Go to betabrand.com ag and get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. And thanks to Policy Genius for supporting Muller She Wrote. Policy Genius is the easy way to shop for life insurance online. In just two minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price at policygenius.com.
3: My name is Renato Mariotti. I'm the host of the On Topic podcast, and you're listening to Muller She Wrote.
2: Hello, and welcome to Muller She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G., and with me today
4: are Jordan Coburn. Hello. And Amanda Reeder. Hello. How are you? Great. Mm-hmm. Yay. Finally recovered from being too full on yeah. Thursday. Yeah. We ate so much food. We did eat so me much too. food. Uh,
2: yeah. I think collectively, yeah, I probably ate enough myself for like two or three people. It was mm-hmm. bad. I
4: was proud of you. Thank you. You really went hard on the mashed potatoes. <laughs> I did. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have a thing <laughs> for
2: stuffing. And ma- I this is, my, this is my MO for Turkey Day. I eat, I eat the they get the turkey and the stuffing and the potatoes and carrots and mm-hmm. then i go back for seconds mm-hmm. of um, stovetop and mashed potatoes with gravy yum that's my seconds so good did you all watch the irishman no, no. but i've heard so many different things yeah
4: i liked it what's it about uh, it's a I Scorsese mean, other movie about yeah. an irishman
5: <laughs> yeah well it's like it's like another mob movie okay by scorsese but people are saying it might be his last one and it's much more kind of emotional than his other movies i would say three and a half hours yeah oh
4: shit that's yeah long. like there's an it's entire commitment.
5: act of the movie that's dedicated to like feelings kind of mm-hmm. yeah so it's cool
4: um i asked everyone on twitter what movie I should watch over the holidays that was themed about American politics on Daily Bean's Twitter and I regret to inform you all I chose National Treasure oh nice <laughs> you see, you picked that on purpose no Joelle picked it <laughs> oh no, no. <laughs> sorry you all had amazing suggestions and I picked National Treasure like Mr. Smith goes to
2: Washington <laughs> and you're like National Treasure
4: <laughs> but it was informative I learned a lot about the Declaration of Independence yeah totally so, and it's whereabouts and it's whereabouts <laughs> and how to steal it So um, what <laughs> But, yeah. <laughs> like, it'll
2: like go
5: away. Or, like, I, I still don't understand the premise. Secret yeah. Clues the, yeah,
4: the plot was questionable, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it was still fun. Have you seen much of Nicolas Cage before? Um, I've avoided seeing a lot of Nicolas Cage yeah, before just yeah. because the internet ruined Nicolas Cage for course, me yeah. before I got to know his movies. Yeah. But um he's really great in a lot of movies. I, yeah. I, that's if, true. Yeah. If you go that. back
2: and watch like Valley Girl or uh, the best one ever I think is Raising Arizona. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um just a fantastic Cone Brothers film, I believe. I believe that. Yeah, I think so. Just um, it was like one of my favorites. Holly yeah. Hunters in it. If you if you see any Nicolas Cage uh, besides National Treasure uh, <laughs> this year, definitely check out Raising
5: Arizona. That was his nightmare when he took that gig. He was like <sighs> There are going to be some people out there who, when they think of me, will only think of this movie, and I'm just going to have to take that, yeah. because I am a criminal, right? Didn't he do something weird? Yeah. did he, like, evade taxes or some shit? Or what did he do? He in, did something. In Raising Arizona? Oh, no. Oh. No, no, no. I thought that he had some scandal. Oh, in real life? Right. Did, didn't he have some scandal? Or oh, he, like, went, he, like, went insane or something? Sorry. This is. Sorry, Nick. I don't really know.
2: <laughs> Nick. Nick.
5: There's some sort of controversy. Maybe it's just because he goes into yelling fits,
4: and that's all. I think that we just. <laughs> I think it might just be the memes. That's yeah. why we have this impression of him. You might the be right. hangs him out to dry. Anyway, you're so right. Honors and nominations, and
5: there's nothing that. <laughs> <Nicholas Cage. laughs> I'm so sorry, Nicholas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh God,
2: he plays a criminal in multiple movies. Yeah, yeah but, uh, political
5: and religious. He also views. plays an
2: FBI chemical weapons specialist in The Rock. Huh? With uh, Sean Connery. Let's see about an, a hostage situation at Alcatraz. He's
5: endorsed Andrew Yang for president. Okay, that's weird. He did a lot for Amnesty International and victims of Hurricane Katrina. What a good guy. He's a great guy. Oh, wait, here we go. Real estate <laughs> and tax problems. Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he bought a medieval castle. No, like you do. His, <laughs>
2: let's see. It's where he keeps his declaration of independences.
5: right, declarations of independence. Here (laughs) it is. The IRS filed documents in New Orleans in connection with a federal tax lien against property owned by Cajun Louisiana concerning unpaid federal taxes.
2: All right. Well, we'll have him in the Fantasy Indictment League. (laughs) (laughs)
5: Uh, Sorry that took so long. (laughs)
4: Hope hope you uh, you all had a nice Thanksgiving, too. (laughs) (laughs) We do have a lot of news
2: today, along with a huge interview with Uncle Blazer from Twitter. Uh, You know him from his in-depth legal threads on Trump's federal court cases. If you don't follow him, he's at Blake's Mustache. So prep yourself for that later in the show. He'll be going all five, uh, over all five major cases headed to the Supreme Court that Trump will lose. And, and he'll let us know where they're at with, with each one and give us his predictions about when they'll be resolved. A note to our listeners, we have some big things coming up uh, on both pods. First, uh, The Daily Beans, our sister podcast, will no longer appear in the Mueller She Wrote feed. So you'll need to go and subscribe to that separately to get that show. So please do that. Uh, by searching for The Daily Beans wherever you listen to your podcasts, except patrons. If you're a patron and you have a premium feed, nothing will change. You'll continue to get your ad-free Daily Beans episodes. Uh, become a patron. Help support women in podcasting by going to patreon.com slash wrote. Uh, You'll become a patron of both shows, uh, Daily Beans and Miller, She Wrote. You'll get the premium feed, and we have a new $10 level where you get a Super Space Beans coffee mug, and we're starting a new monthly bonus Q&A episode just for $10 uh, level subscribers that will come out monthly, where we spend the entire episode answering your questions. And uh, for $15 a month, you'll get the Q&A episode plus video of us in the studio recording the episodes. That's all the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, B-roll, jokes that don't make it to air, (laughs) and bonus content. Um, both the Q&A and bonus episodes and video start in January, and uh, your contributions go toward paying our staff and providing health insurance. So head to patreon.com slash she wrote, and sign up, ad free episodes, thank you merch, newsletter, premium feed, research notes, video, Q&A episodes, and I've decided we're going to cover the new Simpson and Fritch book called Crime in Progress. They are the founders of Fusion GPS, and they tell the story of their investigation into Trump and, work with Chris, and their work with Chris Steele. Uh, the dossier fella and any level patron will get those bonus ad-free episodes as well so sign up today nice uh with that it's time for my favorite segment corrections it's a mistake it's hard for me to say i'm sorry oh
3: i made a mistake (laughs)
2: Right from uh, Kristen Guling-Smith and also Megan Mitchell. I've listened to you guys for well over a year. Love your detailed coverage. A super geeky one. Khan did indeed have the revenge as a dish best served cold line in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, which he called a Klingon proverb, but he is not the one who made the reference to hearing Shakespeare in the original Klingon. Yes, I, I know this. It's Chancellor Gorkon in Star Trek VI, Undiscovered <laughs> Country, uh, Klingon ambassador who gets assassinated, um, which features the dinner complete with Romulan ale that you were thinking of. Yeah, I'm sorry if I insinuated that that was in The Wrath of Khan. Duh. <laughs> um, from Mike Wenthold below. And also, Mike Waldorf, Richard Sales, and, and Marcy Meldahl have similar questions or corrections during the correction segment. In Mueller, she wrote, "You were discussing whether Dr. Hill used the word errand or errant. You then said this this thought it was errand because errant is an adjective, and you thought errand was the subject. However, the subject of a sentence, at least in this case, is the who or what that is performing the action. So, if you look at the clause, he was being involved, and uh, he. Yeah, you're right. Okay." Uh, It's the object, right? Is that right? Uh, In the subject of the sentence, uh, as he is performing the action, was being involved, the predicate of the clause, followed by the prepositional phrase, (laughs) in a domestic political errand, the subject of the sentence can never be in a prepositional phrase. So in this case, the word errand is the object of the preposition. Ha, object. (laughs) Um, with the words "a domestic" and "political" simply being modifiers, for what it's worth, I teach social studies, not English. What lady?
4: <laughs> <laughs> so
2: I both uh, anticipate and look forward to corrections of my correction. Sorry if this was long. You're the best.
4: <laughs> Love our nerdy fans. <laughs> Yay. Oh, That's great. God. So really good. Go I'm so glad.
2: High school. So glad you're a teacher.
4: I also had like to include one more about this uh, about errant versus errand. The yeah. next one. Yeah. Usually we we put them all together, but this one was this one it. was special mm. from Pete Nurse same topic uh,
2: I also enjoy my weekly dose of more she wrote referring to domestic political errand v errant uh, given that the word errand has the connotation of a task of apparent signs to children against their will it is way funnier <laughs> uh, I want you to uh, I want to believe Fiona Hill was not only sticking the knife in but also with the use of that word giving it a little extra twist <laughs> give Fiona the benefit of the doubt Pete Nurse Melbourne Australia hell yeah <laughs> thanks for listening Pete so many great fans in Australia
5: you really do God, I want to do a show there so bad. I
2: know. Fuck. I know. Let's we'll, we'll see if we take the beans there. Yeah. um, They got great beans over there. They do. Yeah. Beans on tour. <laughs> International beans of mystery. What? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. From Michael, you guys rock. This isn't a correction, just fun facts on why Andy Johnson sucked so bad. From History Nerd for Ooh. Amanda. Johnson was Lincoln's VP, became president when Lincoln was killed. Civil War just ended. Critical work of Reconstruction was going on, like slavery ending. Uh, (laughs) Johnson and Lincoln were from opposite parties. Old Andy was actually trying to prevent slavery from being abolished after the Civil War. Yep, yep. He clashed with Congress so many times until they passed a badass law stripping his ability to fire cabinet members. He vetoed. Congress impeached. Johnson survived by a mere one vote. Love listening to you guys in the morning. Keep killing it, Ag. You're a calming, brilliant machine. <laughs> That's such a good way to describe cool. you, <laughs> Jordan. You're one of the funniest people in podcasting. You make me laugh every day. Yeah. Which is cool because you've got your own show coming up soon. is. Yes. Uh, you're not leaving. No, definitely not us. leaving. You're just, just adding. a side project. Adding. Yes. Called I Disagree. Yes, this I Jordan disagree. Puppet. It's going to be all about
5: arguing in a smart, productive way. Yeah. Yes. And you're with a... comics,
2: so hopefully it'll be funny. <laughs> we'll,
5: be fun. we'll tweet about it, and I will also and maybe less productive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely not going to be like a news (laughs) show. This is going to be if you want to hear people have philosophical debates and give each other shit. It'll be like listening to your friends argue and then not ruining their relationship afterwards. (laughs) Love it. It'd be like if
2: a roast battle took place in a debate style. Exactly. I like it. Mm. Yes. Um, Also Uh, Amanda, you have a billion jobs. I don't know how you do it. Stay at it. Doing great work. Hell yeah. That's why you wanted to include that one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Michael. It is true. You do fucking a lot of shit. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) From Grant Veter, Black Hawk County Auditor and Commissioner of Elections. Ooh, Dear MSW, thanks for your tenacious reporting, especially for keeping track of the innumerable threads in this epic scandal that aren't always at the top of the pops in any given week. In The Woman, you said Abraham Lincoln ran a split party ticket. While in practical terms this is true, technically he informed a new party for the election called the National Union Party in an effort Mm. to gain the support of pro-Union Democrats. Also, Johnson actually was impeached under the circumstances you described. Uh, He just wasn't convicted in the Senate. Ah. Uh, I also wanted to point out that I'm pretty sure you were right the first time. Fiona Hill said errand. Not errant. As you point out, the word she was using was almost certainly a noun, not an adjective. Keep up the good work. Good work. Love you all. Thank yeah. you, comptroller, auditor, commissioner. Aaron Gate. I, a- <laughs> I <know>. Aaron Gate. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, people have an strong an, feelings about that. I had a lot of corrections about that. I was an auditor in a past life, so I feel you. Nice. From Trevor Ten Brink. Okay, cool name. Your podcast is one of my most favorite out there. Or, excuse me, one of the most informative <laughs> out there. Uh, <laughs> for for an inslit, It's my most favorite. <laughs> Ooh, well. <laughs> hmm. high on myself uh, Pete Buttigieg may be polling at 0% with African Americans in South Carolina but he's polling 7% nationally among black voters hmm. Hmm. All right, from Dr. Black Amanda's note yet another British listener <laughs> we need a UK show in 2020 yes love the show and especially uh, from the UK it's distracting me from the shambles that is Boris Johnson fellow ginger high five to Jordan uh, in the beans episode defense for the indefensible AG used the phrase on accident this is a contentious one it may be <laughs> More so as a British listener, as it's supposed to be synonymous with the phrase on purpose. However, on accident is not grammatically correct. It's by accident or accidentally. Okay. Mm.
5: <laughs> Fun fact, when I was a kid, I used to mix up accident and purpose. So I would do some shit and then I'd be like... But I did it on
2: purpose. Everyone
5: thought you were just so honest and (laughs) forthright.
4: (laughs)
2: Yeah. (laughs) Come on, it was on purpose. (laughs) It's on purpose and by accident, right?
4: Okay. Do you have a word that you misspell over and over and over and over, even though you know how to spell it? yes totally okay. for me that's opportunity i know mm. how the fuck to spell opportunity and yet every single time i spell it wrong when i'm writing it interesting with every one time. p no i spell it o-p-p-u-r as opposed to o-r opportunity oh
5: whoa
4: yeah yeah i think i probably also make that
5: mistake i think i just like it
4: misspell- or something anyway i misspell it every time even though i know how to spell it mine yeah. yeah. wow. is You're hors d'oeuvres kidding. uh yeah that's not an easy one though yeah you know. No, not at all That's very hard. But um yeah, I always fuck it up. <laughs> That's
5: fair. That's, like, you could have picked a harder <laughs> word.
2: I <laughs> oh, always misspell, misspell- anti-establishmentarianism. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty bad.
5: I misspell words that aren't in English. <laughs> really, really embarrassing. For all my handwritten hors d'oeuvres <laughs>
2: times. <laughs> the funny thing handwritten is handwritten hors d'oeuvres <laughs>
5: times.
4: Having spent seven years living in London, like all of our UK listeners who send in these like grammatical corrections, I can hear them in my mind listening to our north american accents being like god damn it
3: I'm,
4: I'm ruining my language <laughs> Got a lot of that when i was over there <laughs> yeah well everyone's um, trying their sorry, best sorry not sorry
2: <laughs> from from writing professional writers and editors do not uh, find on accident to be acceptable <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right okay drunk driving at home <laughs> thanks for keeping me up to speed with the impeachment did you know that impeachment hearings were shown on tv and bbc Ooh. parliament channel over here and oh that's nice. cool mm, sweet prime time yeah when that happens to old boris i hope uh <laughs> i hope we get to see it <laughs> from uh kai Tallman. thanks to for your passion uh, i am possibly the only hong konger to have read the Mueller report Um, Not really a correction, but when Jordan commented the Hong Kong District Council results weren't super consequential, these pro-democracy councillors will hold 117 seats on the 1200 member committee who elect the next leader, so it may prove to be super consequential totally i didn't know that part about the structure of that government Um, i thought it was just there were local elections um yeah that that they can vote uh to to elect the leader next year in the 1200 member committee i guess yeah i guess that would make it a little more
5: yeah that's awesome consequential i didn't yeah i did also not mean to diminish that
2: we simply did not know so thank you uh he says you guys will support me through my post-traumatic stress disorder when this is all over yes that's what we will do. for um, Rebecca Pearson, you are all amazing. Thanks for making the news tolerable with swearing. Not a real con- correction, just a note. While both the presidency and Congress change in January, uh, it isn't on the same day. Congress changes on January 3rd, uh, leaving almost three weeks overlap before a new president is seated cool. during presidential election years. Thank, Thank you. you.
5: Yeah. That's helpful. And that's probably a good thing.
2: Yeah, and from yeah. Now that you think about it, yeah,
5: they're like, "Quick, hide, hide everything." We have three
2: weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Hide it all. He's coming. (laughs) All odd, he's coming. (laughs) Chomper. In a recent episode uh, from Michael Ducek, you had a correction stating President Trump does not drink alcohol following the death of his brother, Fred Jr. There's part of that story that doesn't get much coverage. After Fred died in 91, Donald helped his father draft a new will that excluded Fred's children from any inheritance, even though Fred Sr. was apparently suffering from dementia at the time. Donald has uh, stated their father did it because he didn't like Fred's ex-wife. Oh. What a dick.
4: Family drama. Yeah, not a surprise. That they're... A (laughs) (laughs) dick.
2: All right. Those are corrections. If you have any corrections, please send them to... Well, go to com, click contact, and then select corrections. Build us a compliment sandwich. We'll get it right eventually. Thank you all so much. And if you want to remain anonymous, tell us or we'll shout you out. Uh, All right. It's time for the news. So let's uh, get going with just the facts. All right. Let's start with a piece by ProPublica about Trump's... Do you say ProPublica or Publica? Ooh, I say Publica. I do too, because Publica sounds weird. Yeah. (laughs) You could say propublica. <laughs> that would be even weirder. <laughs> I'm going to call it that. Propublica about Trump's tax records. Uh, and new inconsistencies. This time it's about Trump Tower in New York. This is more evidence following uh, ProPublica and the New York Times reporting that Trump reports different numbers depending on his audience, higher numbers for lenders, lower numbers for the tax man. And new documents show Trump Tower is no exception, the one in New York. Uh, the previous reports were about two other towers. According to tax and loan documents obtained by ProPublica, Publica, Trump's business report, uh, reported – uh, conflicting information about a key metric to New York City property tax officials and a lender who financed his signature building for 100 million 100, billion? 100 million uh, the key metric is the occupancy rate which was listed higher to lenders uh, and lower for tax officials and it's not just a couple points higher but over three consecutive years the documents that went to the lender showed the occupancy rates were 11, 16 and 16 percentage points higher than they reported to the tax man so for example in December 2011, Trump told the lender his retail space was 99% occupied but told the tax man it was only 83% occupied. A spokesperson for Trump said comparing the various reports is comparing apples to oranges because reporting requirements differ. <laughs> this, this is uh, this is literally not literally. This is <laughs> apples to apples. This is your occupancy rate at a at a given time. So that's that's apples to oranges. Okay. Um, These are the kinds of documents I I would assume are being looked at by Cy Vance, the Manhattan district attorney,
5: attorney,
2: Mm -hmm. um, investigating the Trump organization, which will most likely lead to indictments, perhaps of the president himself, as there's no Office of Legal Counsel memo in Manhattan preventing him from indicting a president.
5: Nice. Go, Cy.
2: Yes, I know. All right. We have a lot more news to get to. um, So stick around. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, it's A.G. This episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by Rothy's Shoes. The holiday means celebrations with friends, company parties, family gatherings, so why not look stylish and feel comfortable all season long? Rothy's is the company making beautiful shoes for women and kids out of plastic water bottles, and they're crazy comfortable and fully machine washable as well. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable. Really, they're all in one pair of shoes. Brothy shoes are the perfect flats for the hustle and bustle of the holiday season. They're stylish and comfortable, shopping, walking around malls, standing up, cooking in the kitchen, uh, going to the office holiday party and trying not to have more than one glass of wine. Uh, And they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. They come in ever-changing array of colors, prints, and patterns and are available in a range of styles like the sneaker, the loafer, the point, and the flat. And they launch new patterns and colors every week. Uh, I have three pairs. I have the loafer, point, and the flat in black. I absolutely love all three. My current favorite is the Merino Square Loafer. I just ordered it in chestnut check. To me, the coolest thing about these shoes is that they're made of recycled water bottles. And to date... Rothy's has kept over 35 million plastic bottles out of oceans and landfills. Rothy's have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews online and BuzzFeed recently called them their forever shoes. And Rothy's makes a great gift. They're perfect for the people in your life who always are on the go, who love good balance of fashion and function. Plus, Rothy's always comes with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. No risks, no worries, no reason not to try them out. Check out all the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com ag. Go to rothys, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash ag to get your new favorite flats. Comfort style and Sustainability. These are the shoes you've been waiting for. Head to rothys.com/ag today. All right, welcome back. Uh, we have a Flynn update. Michael Flynn, Mr. Ooh. Flynn. Uh, if you'll remember, last year he was scheduled to be sentenced on December 18th, but that was delayed because he wanted to cooperate more. That was the dramatic day in court where Judge Sullivan asked him about, asked about treason and warned Flynn if he did not that he did not want him to sentence him on that day. He was like, "I've had it up to here with you, and uh, you don't want me to sentence you today." Uh, And you should go forth and try to cooperate more. So Flynn was going to testify this year against his former partner in lobbying for turkey crime, Bijan Kian, But at the last minute, he fired his legal team and hired a Fox News conspiracy theorist named Sidney Powell (laughs) and went from cooperating witness to (sighs) co-conspirator. Flynn was supposed to be sentenced on the anniversary of his first sentencing, December 18th. That's cute. But this has been delayed again. In a joint filing this week, um, to abate the briefing schedule, that means to cut it down or stop it uh the prosecution says that on august 30th flynn's nutjob lawyer filed a motion to compel the production of brady material which is exculpatory evidence um that she thinks the government is hiding because it would show flynn was innocent Now, on september 10th a briefing um schedule for that motion was set uh and the schedule said there would be a hearing on october 31st uh the governmental supplemental sentencing memo was due december 2nd Flynn was supposed to respond by December 10th, and then he would be sentenced on December 18th. But the court later canceled the October 31st hearing because of the party's comprehensive briefings. They they filed these really comprehensive briefings. They canceled the hearing, and then they ordered a sur-reply and a sur-sur-reply for November 1st and 4th, respectively. That's like a, a sur-reply is a reply to the reply. Cool. Like another reply, and then yeah. a, a reply to that <laughs> reply. Um, So the court has not yet ruled on the motion to compel, uh, but both parties, the the Brady materials, but Mm -hmm. both parties um, think their sentencing submissions will be incomplete if they filed prior to the court's ruling on the motion to compel. And they want to wait for the IG report to drop December 9th because the prosecution believes it will address topics related to several matters raised by Flynn and his nutjob lawyer, specifically that Mueller and the FBI acted illegally, so the entire matter should be dropped. Uh, As we know, the IG report findings will say that the FBI opened the investigation crossfire hurricane properly, and the IG report is expected to moot Flynn's lawyer's assertion that there was no basis for investigating Mike Flynn. That reporting is out from The New York Times, Adam Goldman, November 27th, and says the FBI never tried to place undercover agents or informants inside the Trump campaign. Uh, That finding totally contradicts Barr and Trump saying the Trump campaign was spied on. Republicans will glom on to other aspects of the report, however, including the error made by one low-level lawyer in the FISA renewal application for Carter Page. Even though it was found, the initial FISA app had nothing wrong with it, and the error made by the low-level employee was not a deciding factor in the renewal. (laughs) Uh, The report comes out December 9th. Bean's on Barr trying to memo it up the same way he did with the Mueller report. Maybe Mm -hmm. give a press conference at Trump's request to talk about the shocking revelation of the low-level employee that turned into a criminal investigation, all to try to spin the findings of the report since it debunks long-held Republican conspiracy theories. Uh, IG Horowitz is set to testify to Lindsey Graham and the House Judiciary Committee two days after the report drops on December 11th. So we'll keep you posted on that. But I think Barr might come out and try to pull a Mueller report What makes you
5: think that? I don't know. Hasn't a judge already smacked down the argument that Mueller was acting unlawfully or something, or like in the out, outside the bounds of his scope?
2: Yeah, early on in the investigation, uh, with all the Manafort, mostly, uh, uh, the, he filed a bunch of motions to dismiss, uh, saying that Mueller was yeah. improperly appointed and shouldn't exist and should die in a fire and then <laughs> like i think five or six times judges like overruled that and right. said that, that the Mueller appointment and the investigation are all We're proper all and this ig report also addresses not just the Mueller appointment and it's mm-hmm. f- properness but the entire fbi russia investigation and how it was started by looking into the four people who had close ties to russia Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the trump campaign which were flynn papadopoulos carter page and manafort Mm -hmm. and since flynn is part of that and the ig report is going to say that the crossfire hurricane was opened appropriately by mccabe uh and his fbi at that time uh and that that, and comey Mm -hmm. that uh this, that it'll be fine, and so then you know that would take a serious chunk out of Sidney Powell's argument that the whole thing the government acted egregiously, misconductly, and they should drop everything, and the FBI should go to jail. All of it, <laughs> you know, yeah. like just
4: ridiculous. Will this hearing with Horowitz and Lindsey Graham be televised? I
2: think so. Yeah. It should be. If it's not, um, but
4: if not, big we- consequential uh, hearing, though.
2: I think so. Um, I think more consequential is how the report is delivered to the public two days prior with Barr. Yeah. Right,
5: yeah. The spin if, that
4: happens around the report is a more important part. Exactly,
5: and if they're going to try to spin it, and if Lindsey Graham could use that as an opportunity, like to capitalize on spinning it and is questioning him, I'm sure it will be. Yeah, they'll do whatever they can to get it out there. Right?
2: Yeah. In fact, I wish that you know, uh, I don't know, Senator Schumer or Senator Pelosi, or excuse me, Speaker Pelosi. She's not a senator. Uh, should should come out first with a press conference before they release this report Mm -hmm. to talk about what they know is in the report so Mm -hmm. that we have the upper hand in the delivery of a message to the American people.
4: Nancy, if you're listening. (laughs) Nancy
5: <laughs> yeah she's like do you see these balls on my neck I've got this
0: <laughs>
5: <laughs> and, and there, um, Nancy it's me Amanda <laughs> that was a necklace joke by the way if anyone <laughs> is just tuning into us
4: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> I sometimes forget this could be someone's first episode
4: <laughs> yeah. and we're like
2: sabotage colloody Rudy balls necklaces yeah. <laughs> poop jokes my friend's Like, what are, are you
4: nothing <laughs> you know what hey shout outs to the long term fans yeah what up <laughs>
2: Uh, and some more oldies, solid gold to make you feel old. We've got news about Kushner and Giuliani, because he can't stay out of the news. So Jordan, what's yeah. going on with the uh, Kushner and the and the wall?
5: Yeah. So Kushner is being called in. Uh, Washington Post reported this week that Trump's made Kushner his wall warlock, uh, meaning that he's now basically in charge of tracking progress. Is that your phrase? Yes.
2: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past Trump to call. Him that. <laughs>
5: I just imagined him in a, in a oversized gown of some kind, just like directing everyone, like Mickey Mouse and the Broomsticks. <laughs> oh, God, I'm so sorry. This would be funnier, I guess, if it weren't real. Yeah, we're talking about putting up this wall. Yeah. You You
4: have to laugh so you don't cry. Yeah. Remember that.
5: The good news is the reason why he's being called in is because he's making virtually no progress on the wall. All of the miles that they've actually built are just kind of like reinforcement sections of the wall. They haven't really, yeah, exactly. They haven't really built, they have not been. Nearly as successful as they wanted to be in building new miles of the wall. Isn't that
4: also because there are people who don't want to give up their land? Totally. Who hilariously
2: voted for Trump?
4: Yeah, and then
2: Trump actually said, like, told the guy, the guy in charge of maybe DHS. I can't remember who he said, but he's like, if you, if you break the law, I'll pardon you Mm -hmm. by just seizing this eminent domain, seizing this land. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, Impeachable offense all on its own, and most people have forgotten that he did that.
5: Right. It makes sense that at this time, too, he's pulling someone in to try to get it done faster because it's something that he campaigned on so hard. So now he's just dedicating like all the resources I think he can... Kushner is such a random... <sighs> he, like, plays... Trump plays him like a wild card in all of these random areas that he has no qualifications, obviously. Or clearance. Yes. Yeah. Let's not forget that. <laughs> Which is, uh, everyone else has just forgotten, but I guess that's, uh well, not, not our listeners and everyone, but yeah, yeah it's, so I, I think it's also not a coincidence that it's right when impeachment stuff is ramping up incredibly, um, but it's like, hey dude, you're going to throw someone who probably could be indicted on various charges into the hot seat of a border wall project that was and is rather contentiously funded. Maybe don't do that. Maybe not, maybe not this guy. No one, no one trusts him to like do anything right either because like I said he doesn't know he doesn't understand government procurement apparently so the people that he's working with are having major issues with him because he keeps saying, like, well, why don't we just do this? Why don't we just... Just build 400 miles.
2: Yeah. We can't. Bro. it's not our land. Yes. We have to put out contracts. In order to get contracts, we have to put out fair bids. Exactly. In order to do that, we have to make sure that it's not all your friend. Right. And that's exactly what they're doing. Trump and Kushner are like, well, why
5: don't we just use this private firm in New York? Let's just do that. And they're like, dude, you can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like he's not being very effective in these first moments of him um, in he his wall better. warlock position. Yeah. yeah. I'm all I know it's not it's not a hard concept once you've been introduced to the concept of an RFP or just like a fair bidding process it's really not I mean I know he knows it nothing takes about it fair takes way bidding too much time processes. though
2: Uh, and i've seen this being in government having oversight of contracts totally you 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 put it out there it'll take a year and then you pick a winner and then the other two have six like 90 days to appeal it or the other people who didn't get it have time to appeal it then there has to be a review process yep then you might have to scrap the whole thing and put out requests for quote again yep and and it could take years yeah and he knows this and that's why these kinds of projects anybody smart who's running for president would know not to promise that's like why all the Democrats like we'll get healthcare done in 10 years uh-huh. uh, or we'll you know if we're going to do some sort of an infrastructure uh, bill it's going to take a decade hmm to get done yeah
5: when I worked in the small business office at UCSD it took us like a year to even get a contract done for a small business photographer yeah it was like it's yeah it's so incredibly long and they just don't want to do that shit because they're trying to get the 400 they want 450 feet of the wall built by 2020 miles. and right now oh yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs>
2: they've got about 450 feet I think they want to get yeah built by I the bet. election
5: yeah 450 miles and that that would mean that they would have to be hitting around like 30 miles a month where they're at right now and a mile a day. Like, yeah and so there's just no fucking way they're going to hit that and on top of that Kushner keeps throwing out really stupid ideas like he wants to put web
2: cameras for to, to broadcast the construction of the wall in real time yeah this frightens me because and here this was sort of buried in there this was a buried lead i is what i yeah it was like only one sentence Yeah, he wants to be able to show Mm -hmm. Trump supporters that the wall is being constructed because there is no proof of a wall being constructed because no wall's been constructed, really. And when you think about that and installing webcams at the border, it just seems like it's got a nefarious uh, alternate intended consequence.
5: Yeah, it's also very 1984-y. Yeah. It's like you're going to put up cameras. First off... Oh, it's just so
2: you can see the progress of the construction. Oh, really?
5: Is it? Mm -hmm. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. I don't think so. Right. And it's like, you're telling me you're not going to have facial recognition software and stuff and use that as a weapon against everyone that is around that wall to any degree whatsoever. That's complete bullshit. If they do do that, there's no way it's only going to be to broadcast the progress of the wall.
2: Right. And then you've got Facebook having secret meetings with Trump and the yeah. Trump administration and Facebook doing these uh, 10 years, you know, show yourself 10 years ago and show yourself today mm-hmm. so that they can get a broad range of what your face looks like. Um, and that's might be a little tinfoil hattie, but I mean, Yeah,
5: I don't know. I mean, they definitely established ties to like sketchy Russia shit with that app right with the face app yep mm-hmm and yeah Yeah, that's the one who that aged you hmm yeah yeah and then yeah it's just really it's really scary and very dystopian and um, hopefully that doesn't go through but if they can also establish that they have cameras they can also for, and this is tinfoil Haty on my part they could also start fabricating that footage mm-hmm. Because if you can say that you have the cameras, then you can show whatever footage you want, pretty much. Oh, yeah. And it's already such a ridiculous... It's got to be easier
2: to deep fake a wall going up yes. than, than a person.
5: Yeah. And like, ugh, God, that's a whole rabbit hole of thinking. It is. I was just kidding. Would be I'd really, really great if Republicans,
2: you know, because Republicans can't tech. If they just showed footage of like the Berlin Wall being constructed and it's <laughs> <Yeah>. all like, <laughs> like, like grainy, old like, and grainy, yeah. and everyone's speaking German, and like that's interesting. That <laughs> yeah. we, we must have hired all German contractors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs>
5: That would be such an easy way for them, though. They could lie about how much they've built. They could put out fake footage of them, or they could put out footage of just, like, the refurbished parts or something and say that it's new
2: parts or whatever. And all we can do is say, that's just not true, um, yeah. which is what we say a hundred times a day.
5: Yes, exactly. And then the base will be like, it's awesome, awesome. Yeah.
2: awesome, doing exactly what I wanted him to and do. And you know you're going to get these disgusting fucking racist anti-immigrant assholes just watching those webcams looking for people crossing the border all the time. And it's just it's just gross.
4: Yeah. I would also say with what three and a half weeks until um, Christmas comes up whether you celebrate or not or whether you're religious or not whatever this holiday means to you probably a good time to donate to some border charities mm-hmm. I think we, it's been a while since we brought that up but like whenever we talk about the wall I'm like people are still dying at the border yeah so yeah. there's a lot of really good um, San Diego based ones
5: yeah absolutely like I know Border Angels does a lot mm-hmm. of really really
2: good work I like um, uh, what was it Raises mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is uh, Raises Texas which is they basically you, you donate money they use all that money for bonding out yeah. Uh, people yeah that I are think in, in cages yeah.
5: I think um yeah, I know that's like a really well established and super
4: high functioning and really impactful organization. But there are many. Mm-hmm. Yeah, No More Deaths as well is one I've donated to before. No so, More Deaths? Yeah, No More Deaths. It's based in Arizona and they're um they're all about uh, reducing death for So like they'll put like water
5: stations out and stuff like in I know that I think Border Angels does that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that one guy who was arrested for giving water to immigrants. Uh, was acquitted. Nice. So that's uh, good news. That is, that's a
4: thanks awesome. for that reporting, Jordan. Yeah. Wall warlock. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I like the wall warlock.
2: Um, <clears throat> and also, uh, you've got some uh, an update for us on uh, Giuliani. Yes. Just can't keep his fucking face out of the news.
5: Yeah, nope. And uh, just more more sketchy stuff coming out. And we got more of his stuff coming up in the Mully Shiro main episode, too. So this make sure to cool. tune into that. Oh, oh, my bad. Daily Beans. That's what I mean. We got too, too many podcasts. We got more coming out in the Daily Beans. Uh, but but in an interview this, this Tuesday with Bill O'Reilly, Trump started distancing himself from Giuliani. Finally, uh, Trump said that Giuliani was not pushing for dirt on the Bidens at his direction, uh, saying that Giuliani has other clients And in more Giuliani news, remember when Giuliani said that he had that insurance in case Trump threw him under the bus? Well, his lawyer made him call Trump and basically just take that comment back and say that he was joking. So I think that that's... First off, I mean, I feel silly fixating on that comment exactly. Like, I don't really feel a huge compulsion to to look super hard into that. I mean, they're already looking into it by investigating him, you know? But the fact that they're making him call Trump to apologize basically means that they know that he's on very thin ice right now with his connections to Trump. And Trump is like, the fact that he's starting a distance Giuliani is pretty huge because he has only said amazing things about him. And And he's he's following the same
2: script as he did with Cohen and Manafort and Stone. Mm -hmm. Um, But I specifically think of Cohen because, you know, when they asked him, you know, what, what you know, Giuliani f- was doing for Trump, Trump said, you're going to have to ask that to Giuliani. Uh, I hate the way he phrases that. You're going to have to ask that to Giuliani. <laughs> That's exactly what he said about Cohen when he was on the airplane. And yeah. they're like, do you hush money payments? No. Uh, is he still, you know, as your lawyer? You, uh, what did he do? What did Cohen do? You have to ask Cohen. Mm-hmm. So it's just the same language, the mm-hmm. same MO, the same mobby sort of. Distancing, right? That happens That right, happens right. That happened right before Cohen flipped. I don't know if Giuliani has it in him to flip.
5: Yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, at this point, Giuliani's setting up so many other personal interests in other areas that he would be severing all of those ties too. So I feel like I could see Giuliani having a similar fate as like Roger Stone, not in the actual years of sentencing but just in him just sticking through till the very end kind of
2: yeah yeah i don't- and, but we do have that massive wide-ranging investigation into giuliani for computer fraud wire fraud uh money laundering his own personal business dealings which is a story you're going to go over mm-hmm. uh in and the daily beans, beans. Mm-hmm. um a uh, conspiracy to fraud the united states uh, failing to register as a foreign agent just uh, like We're talking decades and decades of of potential jail time uh, for Giuliani for his Mm self-dealing and and other other federal crimes campaign finance violations that that might, you know, he might be like, "Eh," or he could pull a manna for it, which is
5: flip, but not flip. I think Giuliani is the first person I could legitimately see trying to flee to another country. Yeah. I could totally see him doing that. Trying to go to Vienna. Yeah,
2: he did did try remember he had a ticket too and then didn't go because I'm assuming the southern district of New York was like probably shouldn't run bro
5: (laughs) right and now he can't he probably can't even leave the country right now yeah I don't know I don't know either. We wouldn't know. If he's being investigated, I forget. We probably learned this in Andrew McCabe's book. But like at what point do you get a stop put on you for
2: international travel? Usually a judge has to do it. Usually a judge has to confiscate your passports. Oh, okay. Uh, after you're indicted well, and they arraigned. Well, definitely haven't done that yet. Yeah.
4: He's too busy going on CNN to get attention. Or Fox rather, yeah. not CNN. Yeah. Uh, he's
2: right now, he's trying to figure out how he can have it both ways. Mm-hmm. That's what he's trying to do. And he hasn't learned from anyone previously that you can't. Manafort tried to have it both ways. He's in prison probably for the rest of his yeah. life. <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. Um, Stone tried to have it both ways. I think they're expecting a pardon. Giuliani is st- its still at the tail end of kissing Trump's ass. so Maybe he'll get a pardon. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: that uh, is true. Giuliani, instead of fleeing, could just be expecting that pardon. But then Giuliani, when you think about it, is kind of like the last person before you get to Trump himself, it seems. Mm-hmm. So for someone like Stone to expect a pardon versus someone like Giuliani... I feel like it makes more sense for Stone to think that that's a possibility, because if
2: Giuliani goes down, then Trump is fucking next. Ah, I yeah. I think. I hope. mean, you can not indict a, a sitting president, but at least it would implicate him in multiple crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, He's not left
4: with a lot of armor at that point. Individual no. one
2: would come back mm-hmm. with a vengeance. Yeah.
4: All right. Thanks for that reporting.
2: Yep. Giuliani. And in some great news for journalism and patriotism, the watchdog group American Oversight was able to do what Congress couldn't. Congress issued subpoenas for documents from the State Department and the Office of Management and Budget about the hold on military aid to Ukraine at the heart of the impeachment inquiry. But they got zero documents from those subpoenas. But American Oversight filed a Freedom of Information Act request. And the people at the State Department and OMB who handle FOIA requests did their jobs, undermining the Trump Stonewall and releasing the documents to the watchdog organization. Cool. Mostly emails and specifically the news that Trump ordered the hold on aid just hours after the July 25th call with President Zelensky. Pretty incriminating evidence uh, and more documents are expected. And we'll go over those in detail on Monday's Daily Beans. Remember, it's in uh, its its own feed now. So you'll need to go search for it and subscribe unless you're a patron. And even if you are a patron, go subscribe to it because it helps us uh, beat Hannity in the charts. (laughs) Um, And you get the ad-free episodes uh, in the premium feed. Those won't be going away. Uh, January 3rd coming up here will be the separation of power Super Bowl uh, and we'll go over that with Uncle Blazer later in the interview uh, we're going to be hearing two arguments in s- Supreme Court cases on that day um, and I think it's the Cy Vance and the Grand Jury Materials I think no it's the Oversight Mazars and the Grand Jury Materials mm. January 3rd mm. what well, you know what Uncle Blazer tell doing us. that Trump's
5: appealed like twice now
2: yeah these are the ones that have gotten up to the Supreme Court no excuse me not the supreme court the appeals court Mm. so but anyway january 3rd separation of power super bowl so it is the oversight committee mazars case because cy vance isn't separation of powers because he's not federal yeah or congress he's not congress so it's that one it's the oversight mazars and the grand jury materials case anyway check those out january 3rd argued on the same day um, and Uncle Blazer is going to go over that with all the other Trump cases and their progress and recently um, the House filed something in the McGann case a motion opposing the stay requested by Trump saying the delay would impair the impeachment inquiry uh, and even if evidence from McGann is not obtained before the House has completed its impeachment investigation there is still an urgent need for that evidence because it could be used if there's an impeachment trial in the Senate this filing shows Dem intend to use the Mueller obstruction information in some way uh, in the impeachment yes the court decided on that stay. We're going to go over their findings in detail in the interview with Uncle Blazer. But believe me, you will love the finding because it moved the deadline in the case up from February 11th to this Thursday, December 5th. Fuck okay. yeah. So we'll be right back with uh, hot notes, including a Nunez lawsuit. Hey friends, it's AG. Gift giving is the greatest part of the holidays, but overspending on those gifts is not. But never fear, because finding the lowest price on all your gifts is easy. It just takes two clicks when you have Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that automatically finds the best promo codes whenever you shop online. Honey scans the internet for coupon codes and other discounts, and then like magic, it automatically applies the one with the biggest savings to your cart at checkout. So you'll always get the best deals and lowest prices without even trying. On over 20,000 stores such as Amazon, eBay, J.Crew, Sephora, Expedia, Target, Target, Best Buy, and more. Honey has over 100,000 five-star reviews and has found its members over a billion dollars in savings. Recently, I needed a hair straightener. Honey found me a code, saved me $19. With that money, I went and bought a fancy jar of organic honey, some honeycomb, and a copy of Bee Movie, because now I'm obsessed with honey. So if you're buying gifts this holiday season, you need honey. If you're not, you're wasting money, and you probably know somebody who is shopping online without honey, so do them a solid and tell them about honey. Honey can help make sure that you're getting the best price for wherever you're buying. It's free to use. It installs in two clicks. So get honey for free at joinhoney.com slash AG. Please don't forget to use our promo code. That's joinhoney.com slash AG. You'll be glad you did. Alright, welcome back. Hot notes. All right, let's see. What do we have today, Jordan? In uh, in your ex boyfriend, <laughs> yeah, the saga of your ex. Just in
5: in one of Devin Nunez's lawsuits. Uh, this is the original lawsuit against all the Twitter accounts. One of them being Devin Nunes Cow. Uh, this is Nunes saying, wah they're bullying me." And one of the, a new motion was filed. <laughs> oh, Wayne, they're, in this they're case. bullying me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it's just like hilarious. This motion and really just the perfect testament to how stupid this whole thing is and i love that all of these like pretty smart legal minds have to put in their words into this like context of fucking cows but a court filing <laughs> a court filing made the argument that because the twitter account devin nunez cow is represented as an online cow he doesn't have fingers and as such can't be considered an actual threat uh, it reads: No reasonable person would believe that Devin Nunes' cow actually has a Twitter account, or that the hyperbole, satire, and cow-related jokes it posts are serious facts. Um, and that was that was written in the Fresno Bee, which does like a lot of really great reporting. That's amazing. a amazing. Really, re- they slam Nunes so yes. hard, the Fresno Bee. It
2: is the fucking best. Yes, one of the best lo- local newspapers. Give give them your money. Yes, uh, them take, in take Miami my money, Herald. Fresno Bee, Miami Herald, yeah, and, uh, or Sacramento Bee.
4: Right? If there's any we don't know this about, this one says Fresno Bee. Uh, okay. Tweet yeah. at us. I'm curious. Yeah, like totally. Like if there's like you, if you like really love your like local newspaper and they do like great reporting, like tweet at us. Like, yeah, yeah I'm
5: curious. Yeah, would love yeah. to see that at Muller She wrote. Yeah. Yes, and Fresno Bee. I mean, just they're so there's their role is becoming increasingly important as more and more shits coming out about Nunes that is more consequential just had- than just like lawsuits like this. But
4: is that his district? Uh yeah. Okay. Just yeah, to have now. to
2: just to have to be a lawyer, like you said, and say it's not a real cow. <laughs> real cows don't have fingers and can't operate Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> this is clearly parody. Right. All of its parody. You have no case. Yes,
5: all of its parody, and as such, it's protected by First Amendment rights. That's basically the whole argument, which I
2: can't imagine a judge would rule against. No. That's uh. amazing. That's an amazing court filing if you get a chance to read it, it you need a good laugh
4: yeah cows do not in fact have fingers they do not correct they can twiddle their hooves but <laughs> that's that's about it
2: <laughs> I I mean, yeah i mean they, i'm sure there. you know maybe technologically we will get to a point where cow cows can tweet but uh today yeah, is not, not that today. day yeah no it's not one day oh your God. ship will
5: come in cows pita Peter's gonna hope for it they're <laughs> give cows twitter uh, every cow deserves the internet <laughs> <laughs>
4: oh my gosh so they can watch movies oh. yo I hate myself <laughs> I hate myself so much
0: <laughs> no, I don't
4: know why came into
5: my brain and I said it out loud but I did yes and uh that's fantastic Mulu. Movies <laughs> Mulu. on Mulu. yes <laughs>
4: Oh, God. Okay. MooTube. Farm Plus. <laughs>
5: <laughs> Moving on. So many good cow
2: jokes. <laughs> All right. Uh, I've got some... I've got a hot note. Um, uh, <clears throat> switch gears here. Uh, we know that uh, Mitch McConnell, Turtle Dick Mitch who has fingers <laughs> despite being a turtle um, <laughs> and also has investments in voting machines has blocked multiple election security bills while Russia openly attacks our elections. Mm-hmm. Most notably using Republican stooges like Senator John Kennedy, no relation, mm-hmm. uh, appearing on meet the press with Chuck Todd this morning. And can we just, by the way, have Katie tour host that show from now on uh, Katie tours way better than Chuck Todd. So, yeah. Kennedy goes on TV Sunday morning and spreads Russian disinformation, conspiracies and propaganda by saying both Ukraine and Russia hacked our elections. Uh, So the Russians effort to interfere in 2020 is so prevalent that Republican politicians are repeating their talking points for them. And meanwhile, they do nothing to stop it as though they almost welcome it, (laughs) Uh, which they might or they could be strong armed into. Mm -hmm. Uh, Remember, Russia didn't just hack the DNC. They got the RNC, too. And Lindsey Graham's email server was hit specifically, so that might be why he flipped during that famous golf outing in 2017 Mm. and went from calling Trump um, a piece of shit nut job to permanently attaching his lips to the man's asshole like a weird politically motivated (laughs) human centipede that doesn't just hurt the person behind you. Uh, In a story from the Associated Press this week, Ohio... Has detected and thwarted an election-related cyber attack earlier this month, according to the state's election chief. Republican Secretary of State Frank LaRose called the attempt unsophisticated, having originated in Panama but traced to a Russian-owned company. The SQL injection attack was poking around for vulnerabilities so it could insert malware into the website, probably to exfiltrate voter information, which is exactly what Russia did to the DNC. Yeah. So this is urgent. Uh, Our voting machines are bought and paid for by wealthy Republicans. We have no way to audit them because they don't have hand-marked paper ballots. The Republicans won't pass election security bills, and now the Republicans are helping Russians by promoting their propaganda to sow discord and chaos and tear down our faith in our own free and fair elections. Uh, But there are patriots out there. The watchdogs and journalists with their Freedom of Information Act requests getting farther than Congress has. The whistleblowers and career officials risking their lives to testify against corruption and the federal judges willing to stand up against tyranny like Judge Jackson and her 120 page decision about why subpoenas must be complied with and how the president is not a king and does not possess absolute immunity. Or Judge Beryl Howe, who denied the stay in the Mueller grand jury material case because the merits were bonkers. Or Judge Sullivan, asking if prosecutors considered treason for Mr. Flynn. Or Reggie Walton, who told the Department of Justice to fisher cut bait in the wrongful investigation into Andrew McCabe and threatened to release the documents of his firing, which he did. And let's not forget Judge Polly. A little lesser known in this international crime syndicate known as the Trump Organization. Back in July, Judge Polly forced the Department of Justice and Bill Barr to shitter cut bait. Yes, I combined shitter get off the pot with fisher <laughs> cut bait. Uh, in, in the hush money probe that was being investigated by the Southern District of New York, which is under Barr. When Barr arrived at the Department of Justice, that investigation went dark, but it was never closed. Because if you don't close a case, no one else can pick it up. So Judge Pauly, in a three-page order in July, wrote... The government now represents it has concluded the aspects of the investigation that justified the continued sealing of the portions of materials relating to Cohen's campaign finance violations. Those are the ones that implicated mm-hmm. Trump. Polly then denied Barr's request to keep some of the warrants, warrant materials in the Cohen case sealed and ordered it public release, publicly released, and also said Barr must release the status report Barr filed earlier in the week that acknowledged the end of the wider Trump organization probe, but kept it under seal to keep it secret. The campaign campaign finance violations discussed in the materials are a matter of national importance. Now that the government's investigation into those violations has concluded, it's time that every American has an opportunity to scrutinize the materials. Indeed, the common law right of access, a right so enshrined in our identity that it predates even the Constitution itself, derives from the public's right to learn of, monitor, and respond to the actions of their representatives and representative institutions. So with this order... The Manhattan D.A. was free to learn of, scrutinize, monitor, and respond to the case, which he did. Sy Vance opened his investigation into the Trump Organization, and his subpoena for Trump's financial records and tax returns is about to hit the Supreme Court. And it's fast-tracked for consideration of the statute of limitations. We'll discuss that in detail in the interview in just a few minutes. But hats off to the people, judges, whistleblowers, journalists, the watchdogs, and the voters. These are the true patriots in this story, we the people. So register to vote, vote in numbers too big to manipulate, and then you can count yourself among the patriots that saved our democracy from tyranny. Emotional. Thank you. That was good shit. I know I was typing that this morning like, this is lofty. No. <laughs> <laughs> I should be a campaign speech writer.
5: You would be fantastic at that.
2: Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah definitely.
5: Um. Go, Sy Vance, also. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: know. Everyone's given him a hard time because he let Jarvanka off the hook a while back when he was running for office, I think, and got a donation from them and then uh, didn't charge them with fraud for under and over reporting the
4: vacancy numbers, which mm. Trump is always. This who- is his karmic balance. Yes. I think so. Mm-hmm. This is his hashtag balance. This is karmic- making yeah. amends. Yes. This is him making amends to the universe.
2: And there actually was no evidence that those two things were related at all. He mm-hmm. actually gave the money back before he even decided not to prosecute. Gotcha. Uh, so. Uh, but, yeah, I I feel you. Mm-hmm. But stop with your doom lord stuff.
5: <laughs> yeah. I mean, we got to take that, you know, prosecuting privilege where we can take it. Yes. I mean, get it. Sorry. <laughs> <all right. laughs> we can get it. And take it. Get it. Give it.
4: Seriously, though, that's sounding too yeah.
2: <laughs> grim.
4: Like, voting is a privilege, you know? So many people around the world don't have that right. So many people in this country don't have that right. Yep. And it's like a huge, huge, huge privilege to yeah. be able to participate in democracy, and I'm hoping that's what happens. I hope that people show up in numbers too big to manipulate, mm-hmm. and you know that's it it's it's so much better to remain optimistic and hopeful that that's what happens, yeah, than to give in to any kind of despair and so <laughs> yeah, yeah cynicism is gross it's just ugh, I can't live in that space man
2: laugh I, often yeah. optimism is better. And vote. Need to be able to get out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready for sabotage? Yes. All right. This week for sabotage is Whamageddon. Okay. Uh, so we're going to play a game. It's called Whamageddon. And basically you are in the game until you hear Last Christmas by Wham. Once you hear that song, you're out. <laughs> Fun. And you can't send it to somebody like Rick Roll'em. Right, right, right. Okay. And like if I sing it right now to you, it won't take you out of the game. Okay. okay. It has to be the version. It has to be the Wham version. Like in a, in a, when you're out shopping or somebody plays at a Christmas party, if you hear it through a wall for your neighbor, then that you counts. Lose. You're out. Okay. So I'm trying we'll see to... who's standing for Whamageddon at for the, the three end. of us? Yeah. Okay. Well. And any of our listeners, our listeners we're, gonna play, cool. we're gonna play. A, we're gonna play a, the biggest game of Wham! Again, who did George record. Michael survive do a version of Christmas. that song? It's Wham.
5: It's he, he was in the only Wham. person. Oh, really?
4: Wasn't he?
2: Yes, George oh. Michael's in Wham.
4: Yeah, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, yes.
2: <laughs> look at that. <laughs> you didn't
4: know that? <laughs> no. Oh. Look at that.
2: Wow. <laughs>
4: wow. That's something wow. New every day. Um, what? What a respectful and elite career he went on to so, have yes. there's one small catch to this game and that is that I actually like that song and I probably would play it of my own volition but I won't you can knock yourself out if you want no 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 You know, literally, literally now knock I'm yourself in. out no I'm competitive I, I, I like winning more than I like winning again so. you can think <laughs> more of it in like... your head but I'm down Let's do it. Do, 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 yeah, totally. Do, 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 I would. Uh, do, do, do. I like this as a sabotage. It's. It was it's a nice surprise. Thank you. Of just Thank you. Fun games. <laughs> we'll know in our group chat when we text. I, I just lost the game. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just text us uh, at Mueller. She wrote or to tweet us at Mueller. She wrote when you get knocked out. Tell mm-hmm. us the circumstances. If you hear the elevator version, doesn't count. Yeah. It's yeah. Got to be the wham version. I'm gonna
5: win, but you're gonna have to come extract me from my room that I've barricaded myself in Ooh, for three months. It was great lengths <laughs> to win wham again.
4: Yeah. And, <laughs> Should we add an extra layer to this? You have to. To, if you want to, tweet us a selfie when you lose, wherever you are, when you lose Wamageddon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah hashtag again, Yeah. Uh, hashtag, I Loss lost Shiro, the game. Apple or she wrote, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm out. Yeah, let's see how long we last. All right, great.
2: That's a sabotage this week. Cool.
4: <laughs> All
2: right, it is time to play Fantasy Indictment League. I'm going to be indicted. No, it is going to be a. Okay. Diamond! <sighs> Honey, dick. Indicted! Honey.
5: I'm going to be
2: indicted! Hold it. They can't. It's going to be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm going to be indicted! All right. We don't have any indictments this week. No points awarded. So we are just going to pick. And Jordan, you get to go first. Giuliani. Yeah. (laughs) I think he's going down this week. I really do think this is his week. It's It's
5: mounting. It's all mounting so much.
2: All right. I'm going to go with a Parnas plea agreement. We're going to see it. Nice. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to do superseding Freeman. Superseding Freeman. I'm going to go with uh, Ivanka.
5: Um, I'm going to go with Trump Org.
2: Trump Org. I'm going to do Junior going with big dogs this week nice uh, I will do you have two more
5: each okay I'm going to do AMI nice we got Weiselberg
2: plea agreement or non-prosecution agreement mm, yes <laughs>
5: <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm going to do a random
2: Ukraine connected person again cool and I'll go with Jislaine Plea agreement. Mm.
4: Oh, I forgot. Question. Speaking of uh, for the first time
2: in months, I'm taking Nader off. Watch mm. Nader. Watch her Nader mm. go down.
4: Uh, speaking of Ghislaine and Ivanka, two of your picks. Um, are there any? Do we know of any updates in any cases surrounding either of those women? Uh, nope, no. Okay, Mm-mm. good to know. I don't Stay know. Stay tuned. Yeah. And if there were, I wouldn't tell you.
2: <laughs> no, we've already picked. I did read somewhere that Ghislaine is going to come out and tell her story or something. Uh, Ghislaine but uh you and know, like try to paint herself as like a victim gonna tell the FBI or a thing but it's not a very it's not a super source so
5: right it's like I mean if you're gonna say anything that wouldn't incriminate you
2: then she could seek an immunity deal but like yeah against who Epstein's dead
4: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Prince Andrew mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
2: a whole mess. There's, there's got to be uh, so many other people that she could incriminate. So
5: Yes. But she's like,
4: right. I mean, she's top dog uh-huh. at this point. Oh, imagine how many well-connected people that she knows who mm-hmm. she could incriminate. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Oh, but she is to his... top dog in the sex trafficking scandal. yes yeah. yeah. Yes.
5: How the fuck is she still walking around? I don't
2: know. And, don't and know. They, they were like, she's going to come out of hiding. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hiding? Hiding? Really?
4: Well, you couldn't find her? Well, I, I wonder yeah. then if she's being protected a little bit. Like maybe mm. that's like, you know, because she could incriminate so many people or provide, you know, uh, corroborate. Protect is not what these people do to those no, people. No, not protect. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I mean like not protect is the wrong word, but I'm saying that like maybe she's being protected yeah. somewhat by people who don't want her to come out. Yeah. And they would
2: murder her, uh, first of all, but maybe she's being protected by the FBI. That's against what I was thinking, people. yeah. Like preserved hmm. almost. Yeah, yeah. Like a witness protectee kind of a situation
4: yeah it could be a you know.
2: witness protectee kind of a sit
4: just a, just a <laughs> little witness little vibe.
2: lingety for your kids
4: yield fbi sitch sitch, sitch. Oh, damn it you've been hanging out
2: with millennials too much yeah do. that's some yeah but it's stuff. a it seems like a lame attempt to try to even sound like
5: a
4: millen a millen <laughs> i
5: don't know dude jim jordan Super now is saying been. what is a word that he loves to say now legit. Yeah, he says legit. He said legit
4: about Zelensky. He was like, we need to wait and see if Zelensky is legit he fucking said that that reminds me of when I was in high school and my mom was like really trying hard to like connect with me because yeah. she was like I got a teen daughter I'm gonna be cool yeah yeah totally so she noticed that I was always calling things random mm-hmm. in the mid 2000s and we were like oh okay. that's, that's, that's really random, random. that's yeah. so random she started doing that R- random all the time when things entirely weren't random at all she'd be like <laughs> oh my god babe that's so random and I was like no it's not it's that's not random at all stop trying to make
2: fetch work yeah. mom
4: it, it was very cute
2: it's a cute memory it's, it's funny, funny. <laughs> Jim Jordan using legit it. His, yeah. lang- his language is as formal <laughs> as his attire. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. We will be right back with this massively amazing interview that we are going to replay over the holidays. So if you don't get to catch it, you'll see it on the beans uh, during our holiday break. Be right back. This episode of Muller She Wrote is brought to you by our friends at Beta Brand who make the dress pant yoga pants that are the most comfortable pants I've ever worn and you'll ever wear. It used to be that with dress pants, you'd have to sacrifice comfort for style or style for comfort. But now with Beta Brand's dress pant yoga pants, you have both. Uh, They're made of four-way stretch knit fabric that just feels amazing. They're breathable, perfectly stretchy, and as comfortable as yoga pants. You can do yoga in them, but with dressy details like real buttons, belt loops, pockets, and faux zippers. They're the most versatile pants ever. I travel in them all the time, go to business meetings, head to cocktail. Hour wear them with heels or flats. Uh, they're work appropriate. No one realizes you're in yoga pants. I have three pairs: the crop, straight leg, and the eight pocket pants in black. I bring them with me on every trip because they don't wrinkle. They pack and travel beautifully. And the eight pocket pants allow me to leave the hotel room without my purse, which I love. Uh, Beta brand has a variety of different pants pants to match your individual taste. You can choose from dozens of colors, patterns, cuts, and styles. Not only has Beta Brand revolutionized office wear, but they offer premium denim now with the same flexibility and comfort as yoga pants. And with Beta Brand, you can help turn up and coming designs into full fledged products through their crowdfunding platform. Anyone can join the community brainstorm and have a voice in deciding tomorrow's fashions today. And you'll even get 15% off every time you fund a new design. You have got to try a pair of these pants from Beta Brand. Trust me, you will love them. Uh, they are my favorite, I am obsessed. And you can get 20% off at betabrand.comslash AG. Don't wait. See for yourselves why millions of women agree these are the most comfortable dress pants. Ever Go to Betabrand.com slash AG for 20% off. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash AG. You'll be glad you did. Joining us today, uh, he's a lawyer known for his Twitter threads and his in-depth legal analysis of the Trump crimes. You can find him at Blake's Mustache on Twitter. Please welcome Uncle Blazer to Mueller She Wrote. Thank you for joining us today.
3: Thanks for having me, A. G
2: i'm really excited to talk to you um because i know you know we've we've had a we've had a long twitter relationship and so <laughs> <laughs> i think it's uh good to have you on here because you've been following these federal trump crime cases pretty closely i believe there's five major ones um that we're all trying to follow here and i was hoping that you could give us an update on each one of these kind of explain you know because we have sort of like shorthand for the you know, the Oversight Mazar's case or the Sy Vance Mazar's case, like we sort of given them nicknames. And I was wondering if you could tell us briefly about those cases and where they're at and when you think they might be resolved.
3: Sure. So I, I think there's a, a way to break them up into little groups that make them easier to talk about. You've got the uh, cases where the House of Representatives is trying to get information on uh, Trump's finances. Those are the House uh, Mazars case and the Deutsche Bank case. Um, Then you have the case where the House, I'm sorry, where uh, Cy Vance's Manhattan district attorney's office is trying to get Trump's tax returns as part of a uh, state criminal law investigation Um, into Trump and his businesses. Uh, And then you have two cases that are related more to the Mueller report and the House's uh, efforts to get both documentary evidence uh, underlying the Mueller report and all of the redacted materials from the uh, Mueller report itself. And those are what are called the grand jury materials. Uh, because that's the that's the biggest part of the redactions that remain in the Mueller report and the part that the the House hasn't been able to see yet. And then you've got the uh, McGann case, which is a case to try to get testimony from Don McGahn, which will Don McGahn is is being uh, prevented from testi- testifying to Congress on the same grounds that a lot of other witnesses are being prevented from testifying, which is this absolute immunity claim uh, by the Trump administration that all of Trump's aides have absolute immunity from having to testify before Congress.
2: Right. So uh, let's start with the House Oversight um, Mazar's case. Where are we with that one?
3: Yeah, that's a big one. So uh, a subpoena was uh, issued to Mazar's, which is Trump's personal accounting firm, back in April by the House Oversight Committee following the testimony before Congress of Michael Cohen, uh, which happened in February. So, uh, you know, the House takes control, I'm sorry, the Democrats take control of the House of Representatives in, in, on January 1, of course. They bring in Michael Cohen to testify in February. Uh, he testifies to a whole host of potential uh, fraud and other financial crimes. Uh, by the by, Trump and the Trump organization. Um, and then the uh, House of Representatives through the Oversight Committee issues a subpoena to Mazars trying to get uh, Trump's tax returns and other materials. It, people think of it as just being the tax returns, but Mazars would also have whatever other supporting documents they use to prepare those tax returns. I don't know how much Ma- Mazars actually performs Um, other non-tax-related work for the Trump organization, but it's possible that they have other uh, papers. But it would also be all of their work papers that they use to prepare prepare the tax returns, not just the returns themselves. So that's what's being sought. That was a subpoena issued in April. Trump sued to block that subpoena in federal district court in D.C. in May, uh, or actually he, he sued in April It uh, was decided in May in favor of the House uh, with the uh, and I'll say either House or Oversight Committee, but I I mean the same thing when I say that Mm -hmm. Um, the uh, the court found that uh, Trump's So so Trump's claim when he got when the subpoena was issued, um, that's when the Trump legal team had to make up some basis on which they wanted to fight this subpoena. Right. I mean, it's 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 not like they there's an obvious Way to fight this subpoena, I mean the, the there isn't a, an actual basis to defy this subpoena, so they just start making up arguments, and the argument they made up here was that the oversight committee didn't have a valid legislative purpose for seeking his tax returns, and the reason they wanted them was to either perform some sort of uh, law enforcement purpose, which is not something that Congress is supposed to do, or uh, that they were just trying to embarrass him by exposing his tax returns. Although I'm not quite sure why they would be deemed embarrassing <laughs> since since he believes them to be such amazing and beautiful financial uh, statements.
2: Yeah, it's kind of hard to make the argument that there will either be irreparable harm done to you if a stay isn't issued in some of these cases or that they, were, you know, they would be embarrassing uh, and still maintain that he's a, a billionaire, amazing businessman who's done no wrong. It's just really yeah. funny to me.
3: Yeah, they're they're struggling. And, um, you know, and I think that these all of these lawsuits are properly viewed as frivolous on the legal merits. And the, the, the entire goal here is to stonewall and try to push this off as long as possible. I know a lot of people view it as, you know, they think Trump has the Supreme Court in his back pocket. And so the idea is get it all the way to the Supreme Court and then they'll decide in his favor. And we can get to that that piece of this later. But the, what's really going on here is an attempt to kill the clock and get it to the point where uh, we're close enough to the election that Trump can say, hey, look, you got to stop all these investigations too close to the to election season. And it just wouldn't be fair to, you know, to have me investigated during the election season.
2: Yeah. And I can't even understand why. Um, I mean, I, you know, I know they want to kill the clock. I don't understand how he keeps getting granted these stays. Uh, because, you know, uh, reading Judge Beryl Howell's decision, uh, and it, I, I think that's the grand jury material case, um, she said, I would not issue a stay because, first of all, a stay is not a right. It is a rare remedy. Second of all, the, the there's four Requirements Four-pronged test. The first two are the most critical. One is the merits and the second is irreparable harm. And she said the merits are so shitty here alone. It should kill the entire stay. But I will go through all the other three of these issues, you know, three of these tests to tell you why they also suck. Um, but I just don't get how he keeps getting stay after stay after stay. I guess they're just doing it because he's the president and they want to make sure that they give him every possible due process I don't I don't get it
3: yeah I, I think part of it is that the you know the judicial branch owes deference to the legislative branch and to the executive branch of government and they typically give that deference as a matter of course uh, there, you, you, you usually don't have cases where the other two branches are doing things that are completely frivolous and completely without merit we're kind of in unprecedented territory here and so the courts the courts default to saying look the you know if it, this is the executive branch right it's this is the president of the united states of america um we're not going to assume that his case is frivolous but you know trump has defied a lot of norms um and one of the norms that he's defied is is this idea of bringing frivolous cases that sort of has been his mo as a business person for uh, his entire career. I mean he, he has uh so many lawsuits that have been brought against him or brought by him in order to stall or you know exhaust other people's financial resources that this is this is really a legal strategy for him of, of clock killing, time wasting and exhausting the resources of his foes. Yeah. But but to get back to the Mazar's case, so so Trump lost at the district court level. It then went to the circuit court. Uh, the, um, the circuit court ruled in favor of the House in October in a two to one decision um, with the dissenting opinion being from uh, Justice Rao, who is a Trump appointee.
2: Yeah. And I think that the important part of her dissent was that she said this is uh, not a matter of House oversight uh, legislation, but this is an impeachment matter. She actually said that in her in her dissent.
3: Yeah, interestingly, she went further in her dissent than Trump's argument has gone to any level of the court, including his uh, arguments at the Supreme Court to date, have not included uh, Raoul's—basically what Raoul ruled was, if you want to perform any kind of criminal investigation of the president, you have to do that through an impeachment inquiry. You have to begin the process of impeachment before you can look into anything the president has done that may have been criminal,
2: which is absolutely wrong. But even if you take even if you take that argument, you know, then we still have the impeachment. We have an open impeachment inquiry, and we need these
3: things. Yeah, and the the problem with that is that what we're what we're evaluating here is the validity of the subpoena, and the subpoena was issued before the impeachment inquiry started. And if you remember back at that time, there were a lot of people on Twitter and elsewhere, I assume, but that's the only place I ever look. Um, on Twitter, there were, you know, everyone was saying, well, you've got to start the impeachment inquiry now, right? Because that gives you much better arguments in court uh, and it's going to make things go faster. I don't know about the go faster part of it, but it, it would, it definitely would have strengthened the, the House's position in court had they been in an impeachment inquiry. They could have skipped the whole argument about legislative purpose and just said, look, our purpose is because we're investigating him, because we we might impeach him, but they 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 said exactly the opposite of that in court. They said this has absolutely nothing to do with impeachment. We're not we're not in an impeachment inquiry. We're not even at you know we're not even assessing the possibility of impeachment. We're doing some something completely different than that.
2: Yeah, that didn't. Um, I don't think that came up until the House subpoenaed the grand jury material from the Department of Justice, and I think that's when Jerry Nadler from the Judiciary invoked. Article 1 impeachment powers for the first time.
3: Right. That was in July.
2: July 27th.
3: <laughs> yeah. They first said we're we're in an impeachment inquiry. And they knew they had to do that in order to get McGahn to testify and in order to get the Mueller grand jury materials. But they thought they could do it without having to begin an impeachment inquiry in both the Mazar's case and the Deutsche Bank case. And I think politically they weren't at a point yet where they thought they could uh, begin an impeachment inquiry. Um, I think they thought that and, and this is, this is just my my take on what the the Democrats in the House have been doing. I think they've been loath to open an impeachment inquiry in, say, you know February, March, April, May of this year and have it take you know eight, nine, ten months of court battles to get the documents that they need. Uh, in order to go through with the impeachment. I think they thought that they would run headlong into Trump's, you know, witch hunt claims. And, uh, you know, this is a fishing expedition and they're just out to get me. They don't even know what they're looking for. They just want to impeach me and they want to find any reason to do it. So I think there were good political reasons not to declare an impeachment inquiry. I think the Ukraine issue has really kind of forced that matter. And, um, pushed the Democrats into an impeachment inquiry a little bit earlier than they wanted to make the formal public declaration of it, although they did begin the inquiry for purposes of court filings in July. Anyways, we're getting a little far afield. <laughs> the, so so Raoul dissented, um, and then what happens is um, and uh, Trump requested an en banc rehearing of the case, which means uh, he requested the entire D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, all 11 uh, acting uh, judges, because you've got judges who are on senior status and they don't count for purposes of an en banc rehearing. So there are 11 judges on the circuit court uh, who who would participate in an en banc rehearing. And I mean, a lot of experts were looking at it and saying, well, maybe he'll just skip the en banc rehearing and go straight to the Supreme Court, because clearly he's not going to get the en banc rehearing. This is a uh, democratically controlled circuit. It's seven out of 11 are uh, democratically appointed uh, or Democrat appointments to the court. And of course, the chief judge, as we all know, is Merrick Garland, um, who's probably not going to be too keen on uh, on banc review. Now, and I just want to pause really quick and talk about why it matters who appointed a judge to the court. Um, it, it doesn't matter who appointed the judge for purposes of i mean the, the judges aren't biased in favor of whatever president appointed them, or at least on the whole they're not um, but you can glean a lot about the way judges think about the law and what their ideology is by who appointed them. It's more that the the president appoints a judge who views the law in the same way they view the law than it is that the judge once being appointed by a president must you know, be a sycophant for that president or for that president's political party. So when a judge is appointed by the, by the GOP, they're typically appointing judges who have a certain ideology and a certain view of the law. You know, they like limited government, they're strict constitutional interpreters, interpreters, except when it um, doesn't behoove them to be. Um, And so, When I when I reference who appointed a judge, I'm not saying that because I think that they're biased in favor of a particular political party. I'm saying that because it tells you a little bit about what the judge's ideology is.
2: Yeah, of course. I I do think, though, that some people have a little bit of an issue with some of the Trump appointed judges simply because some of the judges he's appointed are just absolute piles of shit. Never tried a case, uh, et cetera, et cetera, and that some of them actually may be sycophantic to Trump. But in general, uh, but you know, and we've seen it with Rao. But we, you know, we've we've seen other cases too where they've ruled in favor of the actual law. And I think all five of these cases are so clearly, uh, you know, have no merit. Just clearly have no merit for Trump.
3: That's right. That's right. And so. He, people thought he wouldn't request an non banc rehearing hearing because it would certainly fail. Um, but of course he did. And the reason he did is because he wanted to kill more clock. Yep. That's what this is all about for Trump. This is about killing clock. So in the, each court, each, each circuit court has its own rules for how long you have to file, uh, certain motions. And in the DC circuit court, you've got 30 days after a ruling to file for on banc re- rehearing. hearing And so, uh, Trump was going to wait all of that time to file for en banc rehearing, but he had to stay the mandate of the lower court, and so he had to file for a stay at the circuit court. And in doing so, he uh, felt compelled at that point to also file his request for en banc rehearing, which cost him a few days um, on uh, his on his clock. So he uh, simultaneously filed for en banc rehearing and filed um uh uh his to stay the mandate of the of the circuit court mm-hmm. the um the en banc rehearing was denied in a 7 to 4 ruling <laughs> um and um so he he actually I'm sorry it was 8 to 3 and and Trump actually did have one of the GOP appointed judges who will be talking about uh, a lot on this call, I think um Judge Griffith actually sided with the the House in denying on hearing in the Mazars case, which I think is important for for a couple of reasons. First of all, it tells us that uh, Griffith is is a little skeptical of trump
2: and he's one of the three judge panel for the McGann case is he not
3: both McGann and Mueller grand jury he's yes. one, of the, one of the judges that's on both um, so Griffith was a GOP appointee um, but he he uh, decided to deny Trump an en banc hearing it didn't really matter which side he ended up on it was either going to be 8 to 3 or 7 to 4 against Trump and Trump needed a majority in order to get the en banc hearing but in any event uh, Griffith uh, went against Trump on the en banc hearing and so then it came time to go to the Supreme Court and Trump had 90 days after the en banc hearing was denied to file his uh, petition for cert at the Supreme Court, which would be February 11th. So he had all the way until February 11th to file his, uh, his petition for a writ of cert from the Supreme Court. In the meantime, though, he's got a mandate from the circuit court that he has to try to get stopped. He has to try to get a stay of the mandate of the circuit court, because unlike other kinds of judicial rulings, this is a subpoena. And so when the when the D.C. Circuit Court rules in uh, in the House's favor, that means the subpoena is going to take effect unless Trump tries to block it. Now, in, in some cases in in law in, when you're in court, you can go ahead with your appeal and other things can happen while you're appealing. For things like when you're trying to block a subpoena, once the documents go out, the case is kind of moot at that point because they're not going to give the documents back.
2: Right. So this is why he's asking for a a stay of of the mandate.
3: And when he when he made that
2: filing. (laughs) This is my favorite part. This is my favorite part.
3: (laughs) So so that the House, I, I anticipated that what the House would do when he moved to stay the mandate is they would say two things. They would say, number one, don't stay the mandate. Um, but number two, if you are going to stay the mandate, accelerate the time for filing cert, um, and and let's let's do this right now. Let's not wait until February 11th and let him file cert for cert then. And so the Supreme Court uh, got the the uh, request for a stay from from Trump, and their next conference date after that was filed was Friday, November 22nd, and. We think they considered that at that conference date um it was a little confusing They're, the The court typically will either uh issue its rulings coming out of those conference dates um immediately uh the you know the same day on, on which the they they meet or they'll do it the next Monday morning after the friday conference um so uh Friday went by all day uh monday nine thirty came around uh the Supreme Court um, put out its, its notice of what it had done on Friday, no mention of the Trump case. And then later in the day, sometime around the evening, it actually came out and said that they had stayed the case. I don't know what happened. I don't know whether they decided it on Friday or whether, um, because Ginsburg, uh, ended up in the hospital on Friday, it got put off and they considered it again on Monday or what happened. But in any event, They issued uh, a stay of the mandate on Monday, uh, November 25th. And in so doing, they also accelerated the timeline for Trump to file for cert and said that it was going to be December 5th instead of February 11th. So they cut whatever that is, 66 days or so off of Trump's ability to kill time in the case. So now Trump has to file his petition for writ of cert by December 5th, Um, I have not seen anything where the court has said what the full briefing schedule is. Um, The next Supreme Court conference date is the 13th of December. So my hope is that it's on a fast enough pace that Trump will file on the 5th. Uh, The House will file its reply on, say, the 9th, maybe. I don't have a calendar in front of me, but, but it wouldn't be on a weekend. Um, and then a couple days after that, Trump gets one last filing, and then hopefully all that is done before December 13th, and it will actually land on the December 13th Supreme Court conference date. And the reason we're hoping it it falls on that conference date is because if it doesn't, the next conference date is January 10th.
2: Well, how, didn't I hear that they're going to have oral arguments? Oh, wait. January 3rd is actually the Mueller grand jury material and McGann case. That's right. OK. <laughs>
3: yep, a lot of, lot, of, lot of balls in the air here.
2: I know, I know.
3: So we'll be at the Supreme Court on uh, December, hopefully on December 13th. Um, and we can talk about the Vance case, too. That That's definitely scheduled to be um, heard at the Supreme Court's conference date on December 13th. My hope is that the House Mazar's case will also be heard on the 13th. If it's not heard on the 13th, it's also possible that the court schedules another conference date.
2: OK, so when you say heard, you mean they decide if they're going to take it up.
3: Right. So yeah. on, on conference days, uh, on, on most Fridays, while, when the court is in session, they sit in conference. Right. And they decide all of the motions that have been brought before them motions, you know, things looking for stays and, right. um, you know, petitions for, for, uh, cert things like that. And they, they, they decide them and on those conference days, they don't have to do it on a conference day though. They could, in a case like this one, I mean, this is a pretty important case. They could, of course, decide to all get together on December 17th or something and, and decide the, the, the case then hopefully it's briefed and it will be, uh, heard at the conference. And then it's time for the court to decide whether to grant cert in, right. in and what what it means to grant cert is that the the Supreme Court will hear the case. You don't get a unlike um, federal circuit court that's that's an appeal of right. So when you lose in the district court, you automatically get to appeal to the circuit court and they have to hear your appeal Now they can deny your appeal but they but they have to you, you get to appeal to them. At uh, the Supreme Court, you don't necessarily get to appeal. You file a petition for a writ of cert, and then the court can decide to deny that and not take the case at all. And that, that, that constitutes no decision by the Supreme Court if they deny cert. That just means that the, the lower court, in this case, the D.C. Circuit Court's ruling would stand, and there would be no Supreme Court precedent set on that case.
2: Okay, so December 13th, probably, they're going to decide if they're going to grant cert for Cy Vance's Mazar's case and the Oversight, House Oversight Committee's Mazar's case. And then they have granted cert for the grand jury material and McGann cases, and those are going to be heard on January 3rd. And I think there's, is that right?
3: I got, no, that's not at the Supreme Court. Those are, both of those are at the D.C. Circuit Court.
2: Oh, they're still at the Court of Appeals.
3: Right. We, we got the panel with Griffith, and uh, yes. on great member Griffith sits on both panels for the Mueller grand jury materials and the um, McGann case. McGahn case. Okay, so, so those, those are... are both going to be back to back on December third, January third. I'm sorry, January third. Um, and so we'll we'll be we'll we'll get the Supreme Court rulings on the two Mazars cases in December, and then in, in January we'll be at the, at the D.C. Circuit Court. For the Mueller grand jury and McGahn cases, which will then likely work their way up to the Supreme Court as well.
2: Okay, and then finally we have the Deutsche Bank Capital One
3: case. Yeah, which has mis- kind of uh, I don't I don't want to say mysteriously because I don't want to get the, the conspiracy theorists <laughs> too worked up here. I don't think that there's anything nefarious going on. I mean, circuit courts take a long time to rule on things. Right. Uh, it's not at all unusual for a circuit court to take a year and a half to decide something after it's been argued to them. That's just not unusual. So this
2: case has been argued to the circuit court, and that's what we're, we're waiting for, is the circuit court, of which, of course, Trump will appeal.
3: Right. So that was August 23rd, was the hearing before the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. Um, so the, the case comes out of New York, and so it goes to the Second Circuit instead of the D.C. Circuit. Uh, that was argued on August 23rd, and here we sit three months later, and we don't have a decision from the circuit court. And I check the website every single day. Um, and who was the judge on that one? So that's a three-judge panel of the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. And we have Judge Newman, Judge Hall, and Judge Livingston. That's right. Uh, New- Newman was a Carter appointee, and Hall and Livingston were both W appointee- appointees. Right. And all three judges were incredibly skeptical of Trump's arguments during the the oral argument in that case. And I think it's it's essentially a foregone conclusion that 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 should be a three nothing ruling against Trump in that case. Um, but then you've got the same rigmarole we went through with the House Mazar's case where Trump can, uh, you know, file for an en banc rehearing, hearing and then he's got to go stay the mandate and then he's at the Supreme Court. And so right. if we, if the, the ruling in the House Mazar's case was October 11th, and it's, being, it's probably going to be heard at the Supreme Court on December 13th for cert. So call it two months from the time you get a, a circuit court ruling to the time you have the Supreme Court considering uh, whether to grant cert. So if we get a ruling in uh, the Deutsche Bank case in the first week of December, you could be talking first week of February um, when the Supreme Court is deciding whether to grant cert. I don't know. Maybe that court is sitting there saying, well, let's see what the Supreme Court does in the Mazar's case before we issue our ruling and get overruled by the Supreme Court. So that that would really stall the, the Deutsche Bank case by a, 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 for a long time if that happened. though. Um, so I, I don't know what's causing the holdup on the Deutsche Bank case, but it, it's not necessarily going to be decided imminently, I'm afraid. But I do think what will happen, what, what I expect to happen is um, either sometime between now and March, the House is going to get Trump's tax returns. And when they do, they're going to start pounding the table that they need the Deutsche Bank documents. And
2: so you don't think that this could take until a lot of legal experts are saying that the, the decision from Supreme Court would be handed out in June
3: well, that's that. That's the typical timeline for a Supreme Court case that's that gets decided during a Supreme Court term. You know, the the, the arguments happen in in February, March, April, and then the decisions get handed down in June, July timeframe. I don't think that's what's going to happen in this case. Um, most of those other cases don't get accelerated briefing schedules. They don't get crammed into the uh, court's uh, conference schedule the way these are being crammed in. I think the court understands the importance of these cases and the urgency of these cases. And I don't see why, if the court wasn't planning on issuing a decision in this case until June, why did they bother requiring Trump to file for cert on December 5th? Right. So, so I think that they're going to, they're going to put the merits. So, so let's assume that cert is granted in the house Mazars case. It only takes four justices to, to grant cert, unlike a stay or a merits ruling, which takes five justices. It only takes four to grant cert. I'm guessing that cert will be granted. And when cert gets, and so we'll figure that out on say December 16th, which is the Monday after the December 13th conference date. Um, I think what'll happen is if they do grant cert, they're gonna say we grant cert and here's the accelerated schedule you know briefs are due in three weeks. We're going to have oral arguments three weeks after that. And so you know we're the the thing will be briefed in January, argued in February, decided in March is the way I see the the House Mazars case going.
2: And same with the same with the Vance Mazars case? Uh,
3: well, the the Vance Mazar's case will may be maybe even faster than that because of the statute of limitations potentially running on some of Vance's claims um, in that case. Uh, So so we don't know exactly what charges Vance is looking at bringing and who he's looking at bringing them against.
2: I want to let you know, we did uh, brief our listeners on this, that that the misdemeanor uh, would be up, I think, in a month. Statute of limitations would be up in a month or so, um, actually in December, and then after that, the felony uh, fraud is is uh, you know an additional three years after that because it's only two year statute of limitation on the on the misdemeanor.
3: Right, and there's different standards for for proving the misdemeanor claims and the felony claims, and I think part of what Vance is arguing is, look, I might not be able to prove the the uh, felony claims, whereas I can prove the misdemeanor claims, and so if you if you stall this thing out and I miss the statute of limitations, this guy's going to skate. So you got to decide the, the case immediately. Got it. Um, there's lots of different um, potential crimes being investigated by, by Cy Vance though. I mean, he's talking about crimes that go all the way back until 2011. Um, th- that's what he said. in his, uh, in the, the, um, his reply to Trump's petition for cert, he said, you know, we got Michael Cohen as a cooperating witness. He's telling us about cooking the books and all kinds of fraud and uh, all kinds of tax crimes going all the way back to 2011. So, I mean, I think you're looking at indictments for lots of different officers of the Trump, Trump organization, including Trump himself. This is not just the hush money payments that were made in the run up to the election.
2: Oh yeah, no right. If if he was just investigating the hush money payments only, he wouldn't need anything from Mazar's. Um, so, you know, it's it's just I just find it uh, fascinating that you know, and Manafort taught us this that that the statute of limitations clock doesn't start ticking until you stop the criming. Like if you if you continue to do this particular you know, racket that you're that you're into, you can go all the way back to 2011, 2008, you can, you know, you can go all the way if you're laundering $60 million over 11 years from Ukraine, that whole 11 years is subject to to this law. As long as the last year you did it is within the five year federal statute of limitations.
3: Yeah, that goes in the things we learned from Paul Manafort category, right? <laughs> so many, right? Thanks, Paul.
2: Yeah, don't buy lizard jackets, and also don't don't go on eight year long crime sprees.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great. He's a great guy. Uh, so it's it's conceivable that the the two Mazars cases are put on, you know, very similar uh, time time frames. Um, it's also conceivable that CERT is granted in one and denied in the other or denied in both. I, I, I really, I don't think any of us really knows what's going to happen. Most experts, which I do not consider myself to be one, a, a you know, kind of Supreme Court expert, but most of the Supreme Court experts are expecting that CERT will be granted um, and then they're expecting that Trump will lose on the merits. Yeah. Um, a lot of those experts are expecting that to happen in June, but I don't think they're taking into account how important these cases are and how bad the Supreme Court is going to look if they let this thing drag on all the way until June or July.
2: Right. I mean, uh, Nixon tapes took three months, start to finish, because of the importance of it. And uh, also wanted to talk just really briefly, and then we have to get going, uh, about how different these two Mazar's cases are um, because I've heard some people argue that, you know, they won't take them both because it's the same case. And I, I really think that that's kind of a short sighted view. These are very different uh, cases. Wouldn't you agree?
3: Oh yeah. They, they really have very little, they have a common thread. The common thread is that, that in each there is a party who is seeking uh, Trump's, financial records from his personal accounting firm. That's where the similarities between the two cases end. the, the, uh, the reason why they're being sought are, are different. The, um, the legal basis on which Trump is contesting the subpoenas is different in the two cases. Um, In the house case, he's saying that the, that the house lacks a valid legislative purpose. And in the Vance case, he's saying that he is immune from uh, criminal investigation. Those are two completely different uh, legal defenses that Trump is mounting.
2: Yeah, and one is separation of powers, you know, just by the virtue of it being the House Oversight Committee, and and one is not because now, you know, I remember Consovoy arguing that, you know, Trump could shoot people on Fifth Avenue and the local police wouldn't be allowed to intervene um, because he has absolute immunity from being criminally investigated or blocked or anything by anyone who is, you know, not a, I guess, a federal marshal. I don't understand, but uh, it's just, a, it's a totally different argument.
3: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they would say that that neither uh, federal nor state uh, criminal investigation can occur um, uh, under, under the constitution. And, and they're, they're relying on this notion that the president can't be indicted, um, which really, it's a pretty far stretch to go from uh, can't be indicted to can't be investigated for lots of reasons. One reason is an investigation is something something that can lead to an indictment after you leave office, but also um, what if the claim like here is one of criminal conspiracy that involves multiple parties? You, You can't investigate the other co-conspirators. So in order to to figure out whether Ivanka and Don Jr. have committed crimes, we need to see the Trump organization's tax returns and Donald Trump's tax returns. Um, and and we can't do that because if we look at those tax returns, that would constitute a criminal investigation of the president. And, and so that means that his co-conspirators get to hide behind that, that same... <laughs> Uh, shield, yeah. yeah, that just that's just not that that's just not colorable. That well, that's a that's a terrible argument.
2: The merits are garbage, and they always have been.
3: And frankly, there's serious doubt about about this notion that the president can't be indicted yes. either. Yeah. Um. And and but but that's a much closer question because that's really a question of under the Constitution. Um. What? How does a president get removed from office? Can the president be removed from office in any fashion other than being impeached? By Congress, um, and that's where you get this idea that that the president can't be indicted because that's another way to yeah. remove him from office. Yeah. Um, but investigating him really has nothing to do with removing him from office. It's not like there's a choice between you impeach him or you investigate him.
2: Oh, and that's what Mueller. That's what Mueller decided when he when he you know put his report out and said. I'm. I'm not indicting him. I can't even call him a criminal. Uh, first of all, I don't want to, you know, uh, taint any future juries for prosecutions of the man as a as a private citizen when he leaves office, but also constitutionally, you know, I I'm not going to do this because impeachment here is the remedy. That was sort of, you know the his sort of way to sort of follow that really shitty and not at all legally viable, I don't think, Office of Legal Counsel memo that says you can indict a sitting president.
3: Well, and, and, you know, if we're going to look at the Mueller report, Why was Mueller even able to do an investigation of the president? Well, and he said. said, Donald Trump, that nobody can criminally investigate you.
2: Here he was criminally investigated and, and, you know, and found that and said in his report, the reason that you investigate somebody when knowing you're never going to indict them is so that you can gather all of the evidence while memories are fresh and while documents are still available before, you know, Mr. Shredder you know comes up and uh, and rears its ugly head. So it's it's very it was very important for him to spell that out in in that. And so for for that to have existed and for his argument to be I'm totally immune from ev- investigation is 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 ridiculous. And then to say further I'm immune from legislative oversight and then to take it a step further I shouldn't be impeached. This is not impeachable. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Meaning he just thinks there's no remedy to ever get him out of office.
3: Oh yeah, it's total whack a mole. I mean, you know, he, once once one argument gets knocked down, he just pops up with a with a new one. But you know, all, just one last thought on the on the Mueller thing. If if and this is a good analogy to the Vance case. You know, investigating Trump led to an indictment of Michael Cohen for the hush money payments. Well, so Michael Cohen would have been shielded. From investigation, had it been true that the President is immune from criminal investigation, in the same way that Don Jr. and Ivanka would be shielded from investigation by Vance if the President were able to say that he's he's immune from criminal investigation in the Vance case. So it's a it's a completely bogus argument. He will lose on the merits of the case. There's no chance he will win on the merits of the case. No matter what you think of the Supreme Court, they don't just vote in favor of completely frivolous, meritless arguments that will create precedent that will apply to every president of the United States from now until the end of time.
2: Yeah. Well, we will definitely be watching on January 3rd for the what they're calling the separation of powers Super Bowl. And um, also, uh, two quick things, and I only have about a minute left, but uh, two cases that I've sort of fallen off our radars, the Concord Management case... And the secret company from Country A that Mueller subpoenaed, that seems to have gone the way of the Cohen case in Southern District of New York, how that disappeared. Uh, Vance picked it up. But um, I'm wondering if you've heard. <clears throat> I, I've, I've talked to, I think, Caitlin Polins and a couple other people. They still haven't heard anything, any update since June on that secret company from Country A subpoena. And the last I heard of Concord Management is they were going into arguments in January of 2020.
3: I know very little about either of those cases. Um, The the mystery company subpoena case looks to me like it's completely dead and buried. Um, I haven't heard a word about that in forever. Um, And I also I'm not entirely sure what that case is about. It seems like it has something to do with the uh, Qatari Investment Fund.
2: That's my guess for if it's that's my guess for what it is, is the QIA
3: had something to do with with Kushner's property and the embargo that happened in in Qatar. But I mean, I'm just
2: yeah, we're yeah, we're pretty much guessing on that. Uh, All we know is it came out of the know for sure is it came out of the Mueller investigation. It is a foreign uh, state owned company. Uh, and it has offices in the United States and does substantial business here and and that's pretty much all we know we've been speculating based on those tiny clues you know since gosh 2017 2018 and now you're right I think it's I think Barr showed up in April and sat on a bunch of these referrals
3: yeah it, along with the the FBI counterintelligence investigation which <laughs> yeah uh, is is purportedly still ongoing and yet what will ever become of it. No one knows.
2: Yeah. Well, I guess maybe uh, once Barr, once Trump's out of office, we get Barr out of there and maybe the the kink will come out of the hose and and we can find out exactly what got held up and when. I know a couple of judges has been like, look, because I think a judge came out and said in the Southern District of New York, uh, Cohen case, like if you all aren't going to do this i'm shutting the case down so that it can be handed off to Vance and that was I think done on purpose to slow roll these cases to prevent them from ending up in state and 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 district attorneys offices
3: yeah very very well, maybe
2: all right, well, thank you so much uh for for entertaining my theories here at the end of the call and uh I appreciate you going over all these uh, cases with us It's a lot. And so, you know, we'll be paying attention, but everyone, you can find him at Blake's mustache on Twitter. Check out his threads. Absolutely wonderful in-depth analysis of Trump's crimes and where they are in the courts. Um, Uncle Blazer, thanks for joining us. Thanks, AJ. All right. That is our show. Thanks for hanging in for that incredible interview. You can hear it in its entirety. Uh, It'll be released during our holiday break on the Daily Beans feed if you want to hear it again. Um. So uh, I I have a final thought, and then I'll hand it over for your final thoughts. A tweet caught my eye from the Palmer Report, uh, whether you read it or not, whether you like it or not. I agree with this tweet, and I wanted to read it. He says, if you spend the next year being paralyzed into inaction by each day's doomsday punditry, Trump will win the election. But if you spend the next year working hard and working smart, Trump will lose the election and go to prison. It's as simple as that. It's about you. So keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Check your registration. Make sure you're registered. Yep. You too can be a hero. Mm -hmm. Yep. It is up to us. We are the mullers we've been looking for. We've been saying it forever. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. Nope.
4: Fired up about democracy over here.
2: (laughs) Yeah.
0: (laughs)
5: Awesome. Hell yes. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if like working in a... I signed up to be a poll worker and wound up not being able to do it on the day of the election. But I went to the training and everything, and it was really interesting. And I wonder if it's like, I wonder how much funny business happens there, that having people... Funny business? Yes, because everybody that works there, in my experience, the demographics seem
2: like they're Republicans. I don't know. I hate to like, I hate to assume, Would well, you but- remember when we went canvassing for Mike Levin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, you can collect people's ballots. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? Mm-hmm. That doesn't seem right. Like, you just can give legit. your ballot to a stranger. And then we found out that in, was it North Carolina? Mm-hmm. That that they yeah. that somebody was stealing ballots that way, that very way. Yes. I think it was North Carolina. Yeah. They I, had to overturn the election or something like that. Yeah. And North Carolina's ninth. I, I'll have to look it up, but it was, you know, it just, yeah. I mean, if, if, if uh, we, like go get to the polls to vote and then you know become poll workers and yeah. take that over too then we can ensure uh, a fair election it, yeah. it, it, yes. with all of the obstacles we have in our way with voter id fraud vet, or you know um mm-hmm. i voter id laws that are disenfranchising uh, gerrymandering um you know the fact that, all, that russia could hack and the, the the places purge their polls their their yeah. voter r- rolls not their polls but their voter rolls. just Mm -hmm. all this stuff we have to fight an uphill battle against the Republicans
4: throw everything but the kitchen sink at it for this election and the kitchen sink Mm -hmm. and the kitchen sink quite frankly like smash that fucking sink Mm -hmm. smash the sink hashtag smash the sink smash that whole sink just the entire kitchen Um, smash your whole kitchen yeah
5: do it. Um, also, I'm sorry to insinuate that Republicans are going to cheat at the polls. I, I don't. I don't necessarily mean to say that. They're already cheating with gerrymandering. No, they I, are.
2: I think your. I think your point was to just get more friendly faces in there. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Get
5: more friendly faces, even with stuff like, for example, if someone comes in and they're like, "Here, I have my, or I don't have my mail-in ballot. It's at my house. Can I cast my vote here?" or something. It would be so easy for someone to just be like, "What's your name?" Oh. No. Yeah.
2: <laughs> oh. No, you can't. Democrat? No.
5: <laughs> yeah. Or or vice versa. I'm not saying Democrats wouldn't do that either. Just if you're good, if you're a good person and you have the
2: time. Get in there. Do it. Get in there. Volunteer.
4: Yeah. Canvas knock on doors. Volunteer. Totally. Yeah.
2: All right. Right on. We'll keep, we'll keep pounding that home from now until 2020. So mm-hmm. thank you all so much. Please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. I've been A.G. I've been Jordan Coburn. I've been Manny Reader. And this is Mueller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is executive produced and directed by A.G. and Jordan Coburn, with engineering and editing by Mackenzie Mazel and Starburns Industries. Our marketing manager, production, and social media direction is by Amanda Reeder. Fact-checking and research by A.G., Jordan Coburn, and Amanda Reeder, and our knowledgeable listeners. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is mullersherote.com.